He sent forth his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. Psalm 107 verse 20. The message you're about to hear is a straightforward, down-to-earth and insightful teaching by Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Lady Reverend Adelaide serves under her husband, Bishop Dag Heward-Mills, as a pastor at the Lighthouse Chapel International. Lady Reverend Adelaide is a handmaiden of God and is privileged to have been used by God to pastor and to speak the Word of God, both nationally and internationally, to all ages and gender. She has a plethora of messages on many issues, experiences, and situations of life from God's perspective. Get ready to be transformed as you listen to this message by God's anointed handmaiden, Lady Reverend Adelaide Heward-Mills. Hallelujah. About 25 years ago, I met one of the most precious gems in my life. And I met her through one of the precious gems in my life. We are so blessed in this church and in this family, in this congregation, in this denomination to have someone we can call our own. She's our mommy. She is our mommy. And she's our mommy. So if we are the chosen generation, let's welcome Auntie Mommy! to be at Shomcom 2019. We don't have to take it for granted. We have to know that it is by the grace of God that we can see each other again and that we can be in his presence for Shomcom 2019. Some people never had this experience. Some people never had anybody bring them anywhere for a number of days for them to be in God's presence and it doesn't just happen. It is the grace of God. Amen. So I want us to give a resounding applause to God. He's the reason why we are here. Amen. I bring you greetings from the presiding bishop. I also want to salute Bishop Oku for coming all the way and for still having us on his heart. Bishop Oku, you are precious. Thank you. 
And I also want to salute our very own Pastor Danny. We are blessed to have a great general like this. Amen. To lead us into the things of God and to love us. And all the pastors and lady pastors and even the saved teachers who make this happen. God bless you. I've always said that my saved teachers are very precious to me because growing up as a child, I was led to Christ by a saved teacher. And I was also nurtured by a saved teacher. And last Saturday, I met one of them who nurtured me. And somebody was saying, oh, I taught you in primary school. And my safe teacher was standing there saying nothing. And I said, yes, you taught me for primary school. I'm grateful for that. But this is the person who changed my life. And I thank God for his life. Amen. My prayer is that you will also in turn rise up and shepherd and pastor other young people that are coming up. Amen. Nobody is ineligible for discipleship. Every Christian can witness and must witness. And every Christian must be able to disciple somebody. Jesus didn't say go and make converts. He said go and make disciples. Teaching them to observe these things. So when you win somebody to Christ, you also cause the person, help the person to walk till the person becomes a disciple. Amen? So I pray that you will learn how to disciple, but that's a whole topic. Amen? And I also want to thank God for you, for being here. God bless you. Well, I believe, I was asking God what I can talk to you about. And a few days ago, he took me to Romans chapter 12, verse 2, which is a very well-known verse. I'm sure some of you can even quote it. Amen? What does this say? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed how? By the renewal of your mind, that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Now, when you read from the New Living Translation, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Amen, somebody. So now we learn from this that we are supposed to be to not be conformed. How do I say it? You understand it. To not be conformed. To conform is to agree. To conform is to agree. To conform is to 
change yourself to become like what you agree with. Amen, somebody? And Paul is writing to the church in Corinth, not just pastors or people who are higher up, but he's writing to all of us. And then he says, do not agree with the standards of this world. Amen? It means that the world has a standard and the world has a way of doing things and the world has a way of thinking. Amen? And the Bible is saying, now that you are a child of God, now that you are a candle in the dark, do not agree. And one of the things that is most difficult in our current world is to live in the world and not agree with the world. Amen? And the world has a lot of standards. And believers are agreeing with the world. The world says about marriage that it's old-fashioned. The world says about marriage that you should test the person before you marry the person. So people should live together and know the strengths and weaknesses of the other and see whether you can live with it before you come to the altar. The world says when you are four years old, you should decide whether you feel like a boy or a girl. And you should agree that it is a good thing that you should be given the liberty to choose what you want to be in spite of what God has made you. The world says, when you get married, now is the time of empowerment of the woman. So you should not submit to any man because a man is a human being just like you. And why should they say the husband is the head when the wife earns more than him? It doesn't make sense, but that is the world. Amen? The world says, you should sleep with the girls in the church. Because it's nice and that's how you feel. So do what you feel. The world says it's personal preference. What you prefer, you do. So if you prefer to marry a girl, go ahead and marry the girl because it's your preference. But that is the world. And sometimes we think that evil is something that is dark, that has Satan, but evil and sin is agreeing with the world. And Paul says, do not agree with the world. When you read the news, especially in Europe, or you watch the news, everything seems so logical. Everything seems so logical. Because, let's face it, sometimes women are abused, and they have the statistics. Women are abused, they are maltreated, they are so, you know, you the woman, you have to get up your loins, you have to fight for your rights, you have to know that, you know, you are also somebody... All these things God has already said in his word. But when the world says it, it looks as if it's logical, but it's with a certain slant. 
And therein lies the trap of the enemy. Amen. The world says every religion should tolerate every religion. I don't have any problem with that. But every religion should not be shoved down my throat. And if you want to marry, if you are a woman and you want to marry a woman, it is not right, but I can't force you. But do not make it part of my syllabus in the classroom and force me to think and agree with you. That is the world. Amen, somebody. The world says, don't say as a girl that when you dress, it's provocative. I am not provoking you. It's a free world. I can wear what I like. If you are provoked, it's your problem. And it's a stereotype. You want to control what women wear. You want to say that we should conform to what the man says. But the man doesn't conform. So we should also wear what we like. Whether we want to show all our breasts. Whether we want to show all our thighs. It's called personal preference. But that is the world. Do not conform to the world. Do not be conformed to the world. How come you are a Christian and we don't know the difference between the way you dress and the way the world dresses? Because you conform to the world. I once said to somebody, why have you bought a blouse and all the front is open? She said, hey, do you that's how it was in the shop. I said, ah, if it's like that in the shop, you should buy a brooch and hold your shirt together. So, ah, that's how they made it. Even in making clothes, the world is influenced by demons. Did Reverend, how do you know? Many of the designers are homosexuals. And when the Bible says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all your mind, you know, do it in the right spirit, right? I believe that things that are being done are in a certain spirit. Then you too, you go and buy it. And say, Lady Reverend, me, I don't want to be out of fashion. That's how you can still be fashionable and not conform to the world. Amen. The world says, live a life of pretense. Don't let people know who you really are. Come to church, but have another lifestyle under. Amen. The world says, take a little drugs. Take a, uh, some drugs. Take, take it. It will make you feel high. Just experience it. It's good. Some of you are going to secondary school and you are going to be tempted to agree with the world and to be conformed. After the agreement, you, you metamorphose and you change yourself to become like the world because you want acceptance. But if you are going to walk with God, you have to be prepared to be different. You have to be prepared to be a candle. Hmm. In the dark, I'm so glad that God said, candle in the dark. Because some of us would have said, you know, when I'm standing there, darkness covers me and surrounds me. Lady Reverend, how can I survive? But God knew 
that he was calling you into a dark world. But he still says, by his grace and by the help of the Holy Spirit, you can be a candle in the dark. Amen. If we want to walk with God, we are going to be strangers in this world. A stranger is somebody coming from outside. A stranger is somebody who doesn't belong. A stranger is somebody, you know, like if we are in Ghana and somebody comes, oh, he's an alien, he's a stranger. He doesn't know where to take Trotsky from. He doesn't know our foods. He doesn't know the things we believe or how we live our lives as Ghanaians. The person will be a stranger and it will take some time for the person to be acclimatized with what we do. Now the Bible says that you and I, we are strangers. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. It says, it's talking about the fathers of faith, that they did this, they did that. They, they said that all these people, they died in faith, not having seen some of the promises that God had promised. But they embraced what was to come supernaturally. And they were able to live that way because they acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on this earth. How come you, you have taken citizenship of the world. You do everything like when you are the citizen of a place, you conform to the laws of that country. So when you are not a stranger to the world, you are a full citizen of the world and you do all the full-blown things of the world. But you and I have to know that we are strangers. If you are not strange in your classroom, if you are not strange on the playground, if you are not strange at home, if you are not strange on the playing field, if you are not strange in the way you use your phone, if you are not strange in the way you carry yourself, then you are not a Christian. Because every Christian is a stranger and an exile. Exile means you've been banished from somewhere. And you've, like a refugee, you've gone to live. A refugee doesn't have a permanent place. This world is not our home. We are refugees in this world. So don't settle in this world because this world has nothing to offer. Amen, somebody. How come when you are in your secondary school, nobody knows you are strange? And you want to be like everybody else. But our fathers of the faith, they knew that they were strange. They acknowledged that they were strangers. Another version says pilgrims. Pilgrims are people who don't stay. They just pass through on their way to somewhere. You are just passing through this earth. You are just passing through this world. You have a destination. And that is heaven. Don't settle in this world and take its citizenship. That's what the Bible means when it says, do not be conformed to this world. I remember before I got married, my beloved would come and visit me in Takradi, which is one of the most beautiful cities in Ghana. Anyway. And uh, when he would come, I would let him stay with 
a close relative because we were not married. And then the close relative called me once. I, I went to see my beloved in her house. And she said, oh, is it not a bit late now? I said, it's late. She said, oh, then sleep here. And I said, oh, sleep here. Where will I sleep? So with your beloved in the room. Sleep here. And I said, oh, no. We are not married, so I cannot sleep here. And then she laughed. She said, hey. So the relationship, what is the essence? What, what is the reason for the relationship if you cannot have intimacy? And I said, it's against God's word. And as Christians, we don't walk by how we feel. We walk by what he says. And then she said, oh, wow. Then you people, you are very queer. To be a stranger is to be queer. To be a stranger is not to be normal. It's to be queer. Turn to the person next to you and say, are you ready to be queer for Jesus? Do not be conformed to this world. Do not agree with this world, but be ye transformed. Because in the house where the relative was staying, she had done a nice room, a nice... I could also have said, oh, well, she's not even thinking about my Christianity. And she says that we can just flow. And when you are in love with somebody, you want to flow. Do you understand? You want to flow, you want to hold me, kiss me. Look, it's natural, but you are a stranger and a pilgrim in this world. So you can't just be led by your feelings. The Bible doesn't say as many as are led by their feelings. The fact that Jesus Christ was tempted means that we will all feel like doing things like the world. Something is not a temptation if you don't feel like doing it. If you don't feel like lying, you don't feel like stealing, you don't feel like going into that uncompleted house with that girl, it's not a temptation. But when you feel like doing it, it is a temptation. And therein lies the power of God to help you overcome. But what happens to unbelievers is that they are also tempted, but for them, they just manifest. Whatever they are tempted, they do. Amen? You are tempted to lie. You just lie. Say, oh, lady reverend, if I had spoken the truth, my mom would have beaten me, so I had to lie. But a queer person tells the truth even to his own head. Because the Bible says about God, he swears to his own head. Amen, somebody. Do not be conformed to this world. And I love the Bible because it's not just do's and don'ts. Don't, 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 don't. It says, do not be conformed. You see, sometimes I say, don't, don't go out. But you don't give me an alternative of what to do when I shouldn't go out. I remember when we were young, I come from a family of 13 children. And my parents, you'll be there. 13, you'll be there. My parents liked to... Also taking cousins and all that. So if you add everybody, maybe about 18. And we had a long dining table. The one that you push some under. 
I don't know if you know that table. You bring it out to elongate it when you are coming to eat. And then when you finish, you push it in. Yes. So that whenever I would say to my dad, or we would say to our dad, we want to go out. He said, to where? He said, to visit our neighbors or our friends. He said, ah, look at how many you are. You don't need any friend. Be happy with each other. You don't need a friend. What do you need a friend for? So he would tell us not to go. But he would not give us what to do. Do you understand? My dad believed in giving you a lot of work. So if your friend came, your friend has dressed, come. Early in the morning, say, young lady, who are you looking for? Oh, I'm looking for Irene and Natalie. Oh, okay. They are very busy. I don't think you will be able to see them. And then the person will be surprised. And my father will say, oh, they are working. I mean, they just finished setting up breakfast. And after that, they'll clear up and then they'll start setting up for lunch. So if you would like to help them. So some of the hard ones will say, yes, we'd like to. But when they come, then my mother will give you a broom, give this one a knife, and give this one fruits. So we'll all be cooking together. So some of my friends did not like it. But if you cannot conform, you cannot visit his children. Because he sets the standards. Amen. So I'm trying to say that when God says, do not be conformed, he's told us that. Then he goes on to tell us what we should do. Do you understand? But my dad, when we finish all our work and all that, he would say, what are you going to visit your friend for? Ah, she's my friend. I just want to go. He said, no, 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 no. You are a lot. So be here. But he doesn't tell you what to do. And as we were a lot too, the age gap was big. From the oldest to the youngest was big. So some of the older people, after the meals, don't have a lot to tell you as young as you are. You know, so you are then, then you go back and say, Daddy, I am not getting anything to do. Then he'll say, look at the library I've created for you. All these books. Where do you want to go again? What, what are you looking for in life? What, 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 what is it? So that you come back. He has given you something to do, isn't it? And that stops you from going out. So when God says, do not be conformed, he gives you something to do so that you will not have time to conform. Amen? So don't agree with this world. And then he goes on to say, but be ye transformed. So God didn't save us so that we will stay the same. He saved us so that the Holy Spirit, who is the agent of change, will come into our lives and change you and I. Amen? And it's a journey. It's not a destination. We will fight till Jesus comes. That's why the Bible says, fight the good fight of faith. You don't just sit there and then it happens. You have to fight against temptation. You have to fight against the world, the world things. You have to fight against the standards of this world. You have to fight against the influence of this world. You have to fight against things that want to bring you down and take your faith. Christianity is not a nice religion. Being a nice person is different from being a Christian. Amen, somebody. Some of you are too nice. Everything, everybody says, okay. I'm going here and I'm, you, you are not able to tell the person, this is against the word of God. Say, hey, 
I'm not her pastor to talk. You are her brother and her sister. Amen. So you have to stand for something. Christianity is a fight. You don't just sit there and say, oh, how I love Jesus. And then it just happens. No. For Bishop Doug to obey God, it's a fight. And the fight started early. Before he could even marry, the fight was on. When he started the church in Kolebu, medical students wrote to the authorities and said that this church must be closed down. It should not be here. And he was in the junior year. He had just come to Kolebu. And all the big people who were about to become doctors, they signed the petition. And it went to the authorities. And then the school of hygiene principal, which, who I believe God touched, said that, no, this church, it comes only on Sundays. The community needs a church like this. So I will give them the room and I will not close it down. But it's still a fight. There were times we will come to church in the canteen. All the doors will be locked. The, the hall that they've given you, they've locked it. And we will stand where the kebab seller is on the car park. And we'll have service there. If we are not able to stand there, we'll go to Indadfa Park in the sun, standing. And we'll have the service. Because things don't just fall from heaven. Everything is a fight. And the one we're going to get married, our parents said, this is a mushroom church. A church without reputation. And these two children of ours, they want to take us to a church without reputation. Because we were meeting in the canteen. And even in the canteen, there was a lot of fight. And then medical students started to kill themselves. They had about three or four suicides out of stress from the course. So the hospital board met and they were talking about that. And after that was also another point on the agenda that the church that meets in the canteen must be closed down. And God being so good, a member on the board had just gotten acquainted to our church. So she spoke for us. And she said, with all these suicides, the church is needed so that it will bring comfort to many people. That was another battle. But by God's grace, we overcame. Amen? And then now, from canteen to Kolegono Cathedral, another fight. And then to be at Kolegono Cathedral, Fights upon fights where Bishop Oko even had to defend the church. So if you think that when God calls you, it's an easy thing and you will just walk through, you are making a mistake. Christianity is a fight. If you don't want to be conformed to this world, you will keep fighting. Fighting ideas, fighting desires, fighting influences, and sometimes fighting men. Just so that you will walk with Jesus and you will please him. Amen. So when the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, it's not a tea party or some ice cream. It's a fight. As the person next to you, are you prepared to fight for your faith? What did he or she say? But be ye transformed. We are tired of too many Christians who claim to know God but are not transformed. 
The Holy Spirit is an agent of change. When he comes into your life, he changes you. He changes your desires. And sometimes, even when you miss it, your heart smites you. When David cut the hem of Saul's garment, the Bible says his heart smote him. How come you, you say you are a Christian, you don't have any conscience. Any. When you do bad, your body is so used to it, it doesn't even send an alert. Nothing. Huh? When Paul was going, who became, who was Saul and became Paul, he was going on the road to Damascus. He met Jesus. He had never known Jesus before. Jesus just encountered him. And he immediately said, Lord, what would you have me do? He had not been a Christian for even two days. And yet, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was able to ask God, what would you have me do? Many of us are busy telling God what we want him to do, but not what he would have us do. But Paul said, what would you? And immediately, he was no longer a murderer. Now, the world tells you the word of God doesn't work. The world tells you Christianity is not real and it doesn't really change you. When you are a Christian, you are just an unbeliever who comes to church often. But actually, the Holy Spirit cannot change you and it's not that powerful. But I know that the Holy Spirit can change us. Because it changed me. It changed Bishop Dakar Williams who had lost his two fingers or three fingers because of drugs. It changed him into a Christian who stopped taking those drugs. The Holy Spirit changed Mary Magdalene from a prostitute to a changed life. But when you agree with the world, it will tell you, you know, change is not really real. And you know, your body is really stronger than the spirit, you know. And you know, your mind is really stronger than your spirit, you know. And you know, desires are stronger than what God's word says it can change, you know. It's not like that. You don't really change when you become a Christian. You don't really change. It's not real. That is the world. And that is the way the world thinks. And many Christians have bought into that. I asked my husband... Where are the Billy Grahams? Where are the Oral Roberts? Where are they? Where are the Kenneth Higgins? Where are they? The people who fought and stood for something, where are they? Because Satan is deceiving us that the word of God is not true. We say, oh, Christians, you think Christians can successfully marry? It's not true. Can't you see? This one got divorced. This one got, the word of God doesn't work. And all the marriage things they've said in the Bible, it doesn't work. It's not real. The reality is what you are feeling and what you are going through. Do not be conformed to this world. My, my following God or my trust in God is not based on my experience. It's based on what his word says. If I experience what his word says, glory to God. But I don't always have to let it match up to my experience before I believe. Am I making sense? Do not be conformed to this world. A woman says, oh, 
It's not true that a woman can be married to one man. And depending on where you are coming from, you will believe it. I don't know if Opie Linda is here, but she told me that one of the major challenges in Fiji is that the women, each woman has two husbands. And so now that the church has gone there, when the people get born again, they have to speak to them that the Bible says a woman should have one husband. You have opened your mouth. When you are in that culture, you say, well, it's not possible. How can a woman have just one husband? It's not possible. It's not possible. But that is the standard of the world. We are not going by Fiji. We are not going by Ghana. We are not going by Europe. We are not going by America. We are going by the infallible and unchangeable word of God. That's what we are going by. So I asked her, I said, that. so do you mean that there are two rooms? And I said, oh yes, sometimes when we go for Bible study, one husband will come, the other will come, and they will all sit down. So for them, it is normal. So when they get born again, and then you say, oh, you are actually supposed to have one husband. Oh, are you sure? Yes. What are you saying? I don't think what you're saying. And that's what we've done to everything God is saying. That's what we've done with everything God is saying. Our culture supersedes it. Our experience supersedes it. Our thinking supersedes it. And what Satan has done successfully is to tell us in not a direct way that God's word is not practical. The Bible says heaven and earth will pass away. But not a tittle of my word will pass away. Whatever great building you've seen, whether it's Empire State Building, whether it's, uh, uh, what was the 9-11 building? World Trade Center, whether it's the Mirage at Airport, whether, whatever beautiful building, the Bible says all these things will pass away. By his word, not even a drop of it will pass away. And because of that, I will stake my life on God's word than on anything. Not because I know, but because he knows. Not because I'm strong, but because he is strong. And he knows what he is doing. And it has become very unpopular. It has become very unpopular to know the word, walk in the word. They'll even give you names. Sister Spiri. Brother Spiri. Hey, I saw you, you never sin. And then you say, oh, I sin, I sin. Why, I sin. You feel afraid and shy. To stand for Jesus. Do not be conformed. The confirmation can come from anywhere. Amen. Even a fellow Christian can tell you, oh, you have taken this Christianity too serious. Ah, relax. Sister, relax. You are taking it to then they'll start to call you, hey, Bishop, Bishop Rest. Hey. And so wise, hey, Bishop is coming. Oh, let's stop talking about what we are talking about. You shouldn't feel bad. You should feel happy because you are a stranger. You are a pilgrim. You are an exile. This world is not your home. Amen. It's not about being popular. It's not about being accepted. It's not about being liked. It's about being liked by God. And what I've come to see in my not so long life is that at the end of the day, the word of God always wins. Amen? When I was in Lagon, people seemed to be blowing time. 
you understand blowing time? And there were people with very powerful boyfriends. That when they come from them, like Bishop Okoa said, they pass by you, the perfume will. You know? And there was one particular lady. She had very good dress sense. So her dress is snake skin. Her shoes are snake skin. And her bag is snake skin. And then maybe we are standing in the middle of the Volta Hall just chatting. But when she passes, every conversation ceases. Do you understand? Everybody becomes sober. And you are like, and we are women or we are not men. And when you go to her room and you step in the carpet, it goes in. And then you, you are coming from some village behind Kumasi. You don't have any money. Even the shoe, you don't have. Then snake skin is coming by you. And then also, they used to travel even at weekends. So when they come back from New York or whatever, they would just be holding their bags. You, when you were coming, you put your things in a milk tin. You couldn't even buy a suitcase. Now people are rolling their suitcases. But it came to pass, as the Bible says, that I met them after school. They are not even Miss Ghana. The shininess has gone. And a lot of them did not even marry. After all this And one of them, we were even on an Easter holiday, my sister and I. And Easter, we didn't used to go home because we had to study for the final term. Then a man came and we saw him pulling the girl. Then he would slap her. I took you to New York, mom. I took you to London, mom. And you have passed behind my back. Oh, she was not even wearing slippers. And then he bundled her into his car. Why did he have so much power? Because you sold yourself to him. Do not be conformed to this world. Now when I see them, there's nothing fashionable about them. They are wearing just a obo. Do you know just a obo? There's a scarf, a shiny one. It's called just a Athlete, what you were preaching on campus was true. We should have followed that. We should have. But when we were on campus, we were strangers. We were queer and we were some way. At the end of the day, God's word will always win. It will always win. I met somebody at Multistores. It used to be a shop just when we got married. My person said that, I hear that your husband has gone mad. So why? So he's now he says he's a priest. They say he has a mental problem. So because of that, I said, I can't be a priest, oh. it's not popular. A lot of people are speaking against it. Auntie Mammy, I can't. A lot of people say that it's not the right way. A lot, of, a lot of people are the world. A lot of voices are the world. A lot of influences are the world. But if you would choose to follow God, he will bring you into green pastures. He will bring you by still waters. And even when you walk through the valley, which means every Christian walks through a difficult period, God has promised to take care of you. Amen, somebody. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. 
When I look at it, I say, hey, this Bible was written thousands of years ago. How did God know that our minds will be some way? How did he know that for us to change, we have to change our thinking? And I realize that he's really God and he's really ahead of us. How did he know that they'll try to change our thinking about marriage? About marriage being for one male, one female? About marriage being for one woman, one man, and not two, like in Fiji? How did God know that we'll have to change our minds? Because he's a creator. He said, be not but be ye trust. Transformation must happen. It's the second stage. You may not be conformed, but you don't just sit there like that. You must be transformed. I must be transformed. Amen. When I was a child, I thought that if you marry and you are not happy, you must just leave. After all, when you go somewhere you are not happy, you just leave. So I thought that that's how it is. And I remember my father was a very strong personality. So sometimes when he's talking to my mother, he will raise his voice a bit. Then I'll hear my mother say, oh Moses, unsit down. And then what shocked me was that after, a few minutes after, she'll be bringing food. I said, me, when I marry, never. I should give you food after you have shouted like this. It's not going to happen. And not only that, after they have set the table, then they'll be laughing. Hey, but you, you said, hey, I will never do that. I said, you know, it's because she's like that. That's why he keeps doing that. You know? I would never do that. Why does she smile with him? After he has shouted like this, she's even laughing with him. Not me. But that's the world. And I didn't know. And I think now I even do more than that. But how did it come about? I've been transformed by the renewing of my mind. Amen. Transformed about forgiveness. Transformed about mercy. Transformed about giving people room. And also considering thyself, like the Bible says. Amen. So when I was judging my mother, if it were me, I would not this, I would not that. That was the world. But the transformation came not by just standing there and being transformed. But by knowing what the Bible standards are. That changed me. So you too. You cannot just be there. The world is changing your mind through BBC, through your phone, through uh, Snapchat, through uh, Twitter, through, uh, what else is there? Instagram. Instagram, house party. They were saying on BBC that so many children have anxiety attacks because they want to be the images on Instagram. So when you see the girl, she's done her makeup, you say, oh, I'm going to do something. When you see this person, so instead of Christ being your example, those foolish people on the internet and on social media have become your heroes and your heroines. And because of that, people look and say, oh, her waist is this size, mine is not. Look at her hair, it's up to here. She's African, her hair is up to here. And you think it's her hair? You are creating the standards of this world. are not real. It's always based on fake things. Fake hair. Huh? Now, I was going through Makolai saw. 
fake hips and fake six pack. I was I was with my daughter-in-law and LP Efor from my office, and I think LP shed. So as I was walking by the table at Okash, the woman called me, oh madam, Beshek hips Yibi, come and look at the hips. And then she said, Do you want small, medium, or large? So when you see somebody, she has put a belt, the hips, I say, that's what I want. You are a fool. You are deceived, and you don't know things that are real. A lot of the things in this world are built on artificial things. I was dumbfounded. I stopped and I said, and she said, Men man so dear to me, the woman saw that I was shocked. Oh, men my dear. So you see a man, you say, I don't like liquid men. I want solid men with six pack. When you get to the house, you will find that the six pack was a uniform. And it was latex foam. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't chase the images of the world. Don't chase the falsehood of the world. And you know, when people take pictures, they always smile. So this girl is happy. As for me, since I gave my life to Christ, I'm not happy. But this girl, she's very happy. And she has a lot of followers, isn't it? There's a movement in Ghana called Pepe Them. Pepe who? The men. Yes. That person used to be in church. She has formed a movement. Pepe Them. And a lot of young girls are also following. Because people need a voice. Whatever they hear, it's like, well... And she has been, hey, they do this, so pepper them, they do that, so pepper them, so do, 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 do. Then another group stands and says, sugar them. <laughs> so which one are you going to follow? Do not be conformed to this world. The world standards are always changing. Amen. I asked one of our pastors, is it true that this girl was helping you in the church? He said, yes, it's true. I said, hey. How did she become like this? And now she says, I have a female partner and, I, and she's evangelizing. A lot of young girls because they need a light. They need somebody to tell them what to do. So they are just following. Pepper them. And then sugar them. And they are having programs. And you in the church, that's your standard. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Not by logic. Because when you listen to them, they may be giving you logic. Oh, rise up. Your rights are this. You know, I even experienced this. And I even did that. And I, it's all a deception of the enemy. Be transformed. Tell the person next to you, be transformed. Be changed by renewing your mind. When you read anything that's contrary to scripture, tell yourself, this is not for me. Amen? When you read anything that is contrary to the word, it doesn't matter who is saying it. Say, this is not for me. As for me, I believe God's word. And I will follow it by the grace of God. And I will be a candle in the dark. (laughs) 
You follow Instagram so much, you don't even have your quiet time. You follow strange girls on the phone, you don't have time to even pray. You are watching things you shouldn't watch. I, I once went to and found some man and then some of the girls came to talk to me. I was shocked because I thought that that was a problem of men. I mean, the phone and images, but they had also got themselves hooked. The Bible says, be careful what you see. Amen? Because what you see affects you. Be ye transformed. If your body will cry, let it cry. It won't die. It won't die. If you have to starve your body of something, do it. Because as you are watching these things, the people are blonde. And then they come. These Ghana girls too, they are not blonde. So now when you go and marry, you are going to have a lot of problems. Because they are not blonde like what you have seen. And you have made this image. So Satan has already destroyed your life before it's even beginning. Be transformed. God doesn't keep things away from us because he doesn't want us to be happy. But because he knows the effects of sin. Amen. Renew your mind. And everything, ask yourself, what does God's word say? When I was a growing Christian in Legon, and I met Bishop Dag, every time they'll say, what scripture is that? Everything you said, they will say, what scripture is that? And that taught me to base everything on God's word. Amen? When I first went to first year, and I went to the room of our mutual friend, and I saw, I saw Brother Doug there. I had dressed nicely. I was going to a party. And he said, hey, sister, I thought you were born again and you are going to a party. I said, yes. It depends on what you are going to do there. It doesn't depend on whether you went to the party. And he said, really? I said, yes. Matthew, he had a party and Jesus was there. I don't see what you are saying. And he said, okay, sister, why don't we meet tomorrow? You come with pro-jam verses and I come with anti-jam verses. I said, you know, as I'm going to this party, God knows I will not drink alcohol. And God knows I will not dance smooching. So it doesn't matter the atmosphere there. Once I'm not taking part, I'm okay. And these type of Christians who judge people, I just don't believe in it. He said, okay, tomorrow. He will come with anti-jam verse. I will come with pro-jam. So that's when I said, Matthew went to a party and all that. Then he said, let's read it. So he read and said that Matthew went to a party. But there was preaching at the party. It was like a crusade. So if you are going to this party and you hold a crusade, then sister, flow. But if you are going and there will not be any crusade atmosphere there, then I beg to differ. And I said, you have a point. And I was transformed again. Amen. Because the Bible says, do not be partakers of the things that evil people do. So just by sitting there, you know, like Saul, when they were 
stoning Stephen. He didn't take part, but he was collecting their clothes. And it's called aiding and abetting in law. And you are guilty. So that transformed my mind. You too, to be able to transform your mind, you must know the Bible and what it says. The Bible says, male and female made he them. He never made transgender. I was just listening with Bishop this morning to something on YouTube and the, they were saying that somebody came to the altar, a man, and he was praying fervently, crying, oh Jesus, make me a woman, oh Jesus. God hears a lot of prayer topics. But God has a purpose why he made you what you are. And you must accept what God has made you and be happy about it. Amen. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The way you think has to change. By the end of this Shomkom, the way you think has to change. The way you think about church attendance, it has to change. Because you come to church when you like and how you like. But the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, that not neglecting the assembling of ourselves together, as is the habit of some of you. When I read the verse, I said, how does God know how some of us are? So you come to church based on Hebrews 10, 25, not based on moods and whether you washed your uniform Saturday or Sunday. So the basis of what you do is because God's word says so. Amen. I thank God that as a pastor's wife, I don't come to church because my husband is a pastor. Amen. So that if your husband does something, you are not happy, then you don't come to church because you are not happy. Because your reason for coming to church is to follow fellowship with the brethren because God said so. If God says pray without season, you believe it, you renew your mind. So God says I should pray without season. If God says praying in the Holy Spirit, building up yourselves. I believe that when I pray in tongues, I build up myself. I renew my mind. Amen? It's not a sin to go to the gym. But when all your energy of bodybuilding is just the gym and not speaking in tongues, I have a problem with you. Amen? The Bible says whatever you do in word or in deed, do all to the glory of God. How come you are always bombing? In the exam, you don't learn. You are some way. You don't have a personal timetable. You just go and write anyhow. And you say you are a child of God. Let me tell you something. Bishop Doug learned very hard. And excelled very high. Because he didn't want to bring shame to God. So you too. Your BC that you are writing. You don't learn. And you are depending on Apo. That Paul will swerve. And you will see that even though you've been to the university, you are uneducated. Amen. Every day you say, Pastor Daniel said we should come. Pastor Daniel said we have a meeting. Pastor Daniel said we have rehearsal. Pastor Daniel, what about your studies? What about your work at home? Proverbs 11.1, 1, a false balance. It's an abomination to God. Amen. So when you don't study, it is wrong. You are out of balance. Amen, somebody. 
You don't learn. Every day, say, Lady Reverend, my parents, they are against my spirituality. They are against your spirituality because of the way you are behaving. Amen? You get up, you don't do anything in the house. When they ask you, say, I have a meeting. God is calling me. God is calling you. God is calling you. We, the pastors, we think you are the greatest child we ever had, but at home, you are somebody else. But when you transform, you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. You get to know that a false balance is out of work with God. It doesn't please him. So, I have to excel here, excel here, and excel here. God help me. I'm going to work towards that. Amen, somebody. Be transformed by the renewing. Lastly, I remember when I was going to get married, my father was very strict, very, very strict over his daughters. And um, if you called me at seven in the evening, those days, no mobile phone. So my father would take the phone. Say, hey, young man, may I know why you are calling my daughter so late at seven o'clock in the evening? So even my beloved, when he calls, my father will ask him, what's your name? Uh-huh. Calling from where? And you want to speak my daughter for what? At this time? Then, eventually he may call you. When he calls you, Ma, may I come? He will not move from where he's standing. He said, you have a call. And he's standing there. Listening to everything that has to be said. Everything. Close marking. So when I come to the phone, then it's my beloved. Uh, how are you? Yes. Are you going? No. So will you come? Yes. No. Then sometimes I ask, oh, so how are your studies going? Oh, good. Okay. All right. Bye. Because he's standing there. You can't talk. It's not that I'm coming to say anything bad, but everybody needs some privacy. And then when you are invited to a party, you go and show him, daddy, um, my friend is having her birthday. She's in school with me, in high school with me, and she's starting at 6.30. Oh, okay, I'll take you. So he will drive you to the party at 6.30. When your friends are arriving, only you, your father brought you. When you get out, you are going. He'll say, okay, I won't go home, eh? I'll just park here, I'll wait for you. Charlie, the tension, eh? You know, you cannot be happy. You'll be dancing, so then they'll tap you. Your father is calling you. When he tells your father, time to go home. One hour. <laughs> so when he got somewhere, we said, when, when they invited us, we won't go. Because the embarrassment that will attend it, we don't want it. But it wasn't my father's strictness that made me. It was his word that transformed me. Because my big sisters, my big brothers, they were all unbelievers. And my father was in the habit of coming around for inspection. So he would tell you, your room, whether it's air conditioned or leave the upper louvers open. And he would be walking along the corridor, thinking that his children are in the bed. But my big sisters used to take a pillow, put a scarf on it, and put it in their bed and cover it. So you, it's not your father or your mother who will transform you. It is God who will transform you. It's not the rules. It's not the strictness. It's you allowing the Holy Spirit to really change you. Amen, somebody. Because my father's strictness did not change me. 
But what changed me is my, was my encounter with Jesus. So that whether I was in secret or I was in the open, I just felt I have to please God. Amen. Some of you, you are different here and you are different there. Because you haven't allowed God to transform you and renew your mind. Amen. It's not your father who will keep you from a boy. It's not your father who will keep you from girls. There used to be a song, young girls are my weakness. Yes. It was a song. But God gives us strength. In ourselves, we are nothing. The Bible says, apart from him, we can do nothing. But with him, we can do all things. Amen. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I think that one of the reasons why we are not transformed is because we think that sin is not dangerous. That we can do a fast one and we can overcome and we can prevail. But the reason why God takes sin away from us is because it is destructive. Amen? So let's turn our Bibles, I'm ending, to Second Samuel, chapter 12. 2 Samuel, chapter 12, verse 10. What does it say? It's talking about David and Bathsheba. David was a man after God's own heart. Nobody wrote the Psalms like David. Nobody was anointed like him, but he made a mistake. God forgave him, but sometimes the seeds have already been planted. Amen? So then what does the Bible say? Verse 10, now therefore, the sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite, to be your wife. Amen. God said, David, I've forgiven you and all that, but the sword, it will never depart from your house. And what happened? His sons killed each other. And even God said, too many wars in your time, David. I can't use you to build the temple. Then the second thing, verse 11 he had rebellion against him in his own house. Behold, I'll raise up evil against you out of your own house. And I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. And he shall lie with your wives in the sight of this son. For you did it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. And David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Amen. Now all these things, rebellion against him in his own house. His son Absalom killed his son Amnon. His son Solomon killed Adonijah. And Joab killed Absalom. David lost four children fighting against each other. His wives were taken by Absalom 
And he slept with them in the open air. He said that David had caused his word to be blasphemed. And then verse 14, nevertheless, because of this deed, you have utterly scorned the Lord. The child who is born to you shall die. The child born to David that Bathsheba was carrying was not Solomon. The child born to David asked God, maybe you will show mercy. Maybe you forgot I will show you mercy, but that child will never live. So God forgives. God shows mercy. But some seeds you have planted reap things. And that is why sin is dangerous. And that is why we must renew our minds. What shocks me is that when you go and read Matthew, they are talking about the genealogy of Jesus. And they say, and Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. After thousands of years, so in God's eyes, she was still Uriah's wife. And this morning when I read, the Bible says that the Nathan, the Nathan the prophet came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. The Bible never says the wife of David. Never. Although David married her. So what you are seeing is not what God is seeing. Amen? So when I read this, the Bible says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Believe it. Believe it. That it is true. Because when you believe these things, your minds will be transformed. Amen. There's a whole thing in Dick's Bible. 20, 20 predictions about David's sin that happened. But I can't go through all of that. But I just want to say, let's take God at his word. Not only his promises, but are there also promises? There are things that he said he would do, which he would do. Amen. Hell is real. When God says, if you, are, you don't give your life to Christ, you will go to hell. Believe it. And don't think that, oh, it's not really true. I can just be in the church and not be born again. I can really be okay. You know, Lady Reverend, I'm a smart chap. Really? What God has said. It will come to pass. And like the bishop said, says, green leaves fall, brown leaves fall. You don't know when God will call you. And when you stand before him, he says, so what did you do for me? How did you live your life? Did you live your life as if you had a God? Or you lived your life as if you were your own God? You say, say Jesus, come in and be the Lord of my life. But it never happened. You are the Lord of your life. You choose what you want to do. And you do it fully. Be ye transformed. Be ye transformed. Hallelujah. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. It's not a group thing. Not likely you will enter heaven as a group or hell. Everybody will stand as an individual before God. So you can't allow the types of friends you have to change the way you live. Be transformed. Be changed. Be changed by how you think. Even when you think secularly, it's against God. Because the carnal mind cannot receive anything from God. You need a spiritual mind and a mind of faith. I pray for you that you will not agree with the world. Your world is more difficult and more dangerous than it has ever been. But I'm consoled 
by Romans 8, 31, I believe. If God be for us, who, who, who can be against us? So may the Lord bless you. May the Lord preserve you. May the Lord help you to renew your mind in line with the scripture. And even when you are queer, even when you are a stranger, even when you are not popular, and you are alone like Joseph, and you are surrounded by unbelievers, may the Holy Spirit empower you. May the greater one help you. May the greater one put you over. And may you overcome this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand to your feet, everybody. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. I just feel the Holy Spirit is here. And he's asking me to pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed, no talking. You are here this afternoon. You want to say, Lady Reverend, pray for me. I am not a serious Christian. I need to rededicate my life. Lady Reverend, pray for me. I'm a churchgoer. But I'm not serious with God. Forget about who is on your left, who is on your right. It's not about men's opinion. It's about you and God. Every eye closed and every head bowed. You are like that here this afternoon. Just lift up your hands. You want to rededicate your life. You know you are not serious. You know that you have conformed to the world. You know that you, you, you need to be more serious with God. Sometimes you even come to church where you are not born again. Just lift up your hands wherever you are. Make my heart your home. Children, 
And all these young people, Lord, look into their hearts, the sincerity and the yearning to live for you, Lord, and to be strong for you. I pray, Lord, that as they rededicate their lives this afternoon, your Holy Spirit will take over. Father, it is a crooked and perverse generation, but your word says that we can shine as light. Give them grace. Preserve them. Your word says that they are kept by your power. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by your spirit. Lord, keep them by your power. Keep them by your power. Walk with them. Help them. Empower them. And use them for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, this afternoon. I come to you just as I am. Jesus, I am sorry for the many times that I've let you down. But this afternoon, I lift up my life and I give it to you. Come in and be the real Lord and the real master of my life. Every darkness in my life, I break it now by the power of God. I set myself free by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you for a new beginning, for new life in Jesus Christ. Help me, Lord, to renew my mind, to think like Jesus to believe like Jesus and to be all that you want me to be. In Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you. You may go to your seats. The rest of us, shall we share a word of prayer, Lord? I pray for these young ones that you will keep them. Your word says, in the last days, difficult times shall come. Perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of themselves, unholy and unthankful, despisers of good and so many things. We ask that we will not be used to perform the negative aspect of prophecy. Every eye closed, every head bowed. The Lord, we will be used for the positive side of prophecy. Any bad thing that has been prophesied in your word, May we not be a part of it, but may we be used for the positive part of prophecy. Thank you that you are able to keep us by your power. Thank you that the Holy Spirit is real. The Holy Spirit is at work in us, both to will and to do. Let not the world take over your children, but fight for them, Lord. Fight for their lives and preserve them as a remnant for yourself. In Jesus' name. It was great having you today. To find out more about the resources available by Adelaide Heward Mills, please visit the Vision Bookshop at the Kodesh, North Kaneshi, or meet her on Facebook at Reverend Mrs. Adelaide Heward Mills. For prayer and counseling, please call 0243-187-900. You can also drop us an email at honeyonmylips at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Until next time, God richly bless you.